Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On episode 30 of the Green Street Hammers podcast, it's just myself, Adam, and Jeremiah as we recap West Ham's second-to-last preseason match, a 5-3 win against Hertha, and we look forward to the Athletic Bilbao match as well as answer some Hammers polls questions. Keep it locked on the Green Street Hammers podcast. All right, welcome back to episode 30 of the Green Street Hammers podcast. It is myself and Jeremiah with you here today. Jeremiah, how's it going, man? What's up, dude? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm, uh, I'm flying high after that outstanding game today, really. It, what a thriller. What an exciting game. And also, we're, we're just over a week away from the actual season starting, which is amazing. So, um, I mean, I can't wait for, for all of these things to sort of come together. But as you mentioned, West Ham were in action today. As we record this, the match has been over for a couple hours. And we've got to settle on uh, some things here that we saw in the game. Um, as far as preseason goes, usually it can be kind of uh, toothless or the players don't really seem up for it. Both West Ham and Hertha BSC, Hertha Berlin, uh, were ready to go in this match. And you could tell, uh, I don't know about their squad depth. Uh, I, I know Stark is a center back he was on in the second half. And I know, I think Jarstein's their keeper. Um, that's my FIFA knowledge for you coming through right there. <laughs> but I don't know too much about the team. I know they were finished 11th in, in the Bundesliga last season, in Bundesliga last season. And um, they're kind of a like an every every season they're a Bundesliga team. So um, you know they're they're a top flight squad, just like Athletic Bilbao coming up. They're they're a team that West Ham should you know compete against, especially in preseason. And the teams did not look toothless at all. This was an eight goal match, uh, a real I wouldn't I wouldn't say nail biter, but a frustrating match at times. But it turned out being a really really fun one. Um, the, the news broke right before the game started. They released the graphic of the starting 11, and Fabianski was a net, but that quickly um, came all crashing to a halt as he pulled up with an apparent groin injury now as ex-WHU employee has confirmed. Um, what were your thoughts when you saw that news break across Twitter there? Dude, it's, uh, it's just like West Ham, man. I, I couldn't believe it, um, especially just you know happening in warm-ups. And I, I get it. He's flying. He's diving all around. But, yeah, immediately I was upset. I mean, already you know we're almost we're a week away almost a week away from the start of the season and this goes down so yeah it's it's upsetting but hopefully you know like you said it's a growing thing hopefully stretch it out he'll get you know this this match off against bill bow and uh come back stronger yeah and and i think the uh, idea is he'll skip the bill bow match and play man city i think that's what x said anyways um which i'm all on board for i wasn't even really I know he came back late. He was with Poland where he was backing up Chesney. But uh, realistically, Roberto and David Martin, if he sees any game action, uh, are not going to play until the Cup games. So right. you might as well give them some run out. We saw Fabianski 
turned up well with a with a clean sheet against Fulham and looked uh, looked great in that one for the as we were talking just before the show started of the five seconds of Gonzo's periscope that I watched. Uh, <laughs> Fabianski dove to his left to make that awesome save on a shot that looked like it was destined for the back of the net. So um, he's informed. We know that there's no need to really you want to get get them in a groove and you have to find the balance I guess between getting them in a groove and ready to play, knocking off the rust while not overworking them getting them injured and whatnot so roberto can play he he didn't look the sharpest today he let three goals past them um let's talk about that first goal it was a long ball over the top down aaron cresswell's side of the pitch um who is becoming more and more of a polarizing player as the days go by um but he the ball was, was super long the the attacker kind of caught it just at the at the goal line sent it back out front and just as the ball was coming out front, the attacker and Balbuena both blew a wheel in front of the net and both fell down without touching the ball, um, probably due to pitch conditions. There were large sections of the pitch that were cut out and exchanged and, and burnt and whatnot, so it didn't look like the best conditions. But anyways, uh, the ball flew right to uh, uh, their player who had two on the match, Kopka, who slotted Kopka, it past yeah. uh, a diving Roberto you want to say Fabianski would have had that one, but in the end, it was kind of a crapshoot on that ball getting there, staying in, the defender falling. You know, just there was so much. It looked like, it looked like also Roberto was prepared for the first player that Balbuena was marking to make the save. The ball, the ball fell. The second one, he was a little bit out of position. Anything in that one, or is it just sort of one you you move on from? Yeah, you just kind of move on, man. I mean, looking at it from one angle, it looked like you know Ben Johnson was kind of playing off of him, maybe got caught out, but it really wasn't his guy I don't think I mean it was all just like a perfect storm like you said with Balbuena and the attacker falling down and the ball just kind of trickling perfectly over to Kopke and he just he put it in there was really nothing Roberto could do you know you were talking about rust with uh, goalkeepers and being rusty I think that you know he was out he's played a lot of this preseason but you know it's going to take a bit for him to get going too I've seen a lot of people posting things about how they're not all in on Roberto and I mean he's 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 going to be your typical backup keeper you know, as long as you can keep him happy and somewhat in form, I think he'll be okay. But, yeah, long story short, man, it was it was just a perfect storm. And it's just the ball went right to Kopke, and there was really nothing anybody could do about it. Yeah, and realistically, he's not going to see uh, – this is Roberto I'm talking about. He isn't going to see any Premier League action unless, knock on wood, there's an injury yeah. to our first-team player, which we don't even want to talk into existence. But um, I would be all fine with seeing David Martin start against Bilbao. Uh win or lose that match it's at home so you want to win it um you're probably gonna have a really strong team judging by this team which was extremely strong uh you're probably gonna have a strong team so i I don't know if they'll actually go with that but you you kind of want to see both keepers how they play and have that competition no one's gonna take minutes away from fabianski but if those two guys are, are battling each other pushing each other maybe increasing that level of intensity that would be great um Let's go over the starting lineup here. Sorry, I, I kind of cruised past that. Fabianski in goal, which was replaced uh, by Roberto. Johnson at right back. Babuena Diop at center back. Cresswell at left back. Rice at defensive mid. A midfield four of Wilshire, Fornells, Lanzini, Felipe Anderson, and Sebastian Haller up front. Uh, that's a pretty damn good team. And if you look outside of Fabianski not playing, Johnson replacing Fredericks and Mazuaku playing instead of Cresswell. That's pretty much your starting lineup, is it not? It, it totally is. I, I think that the only question mark really was, you know, obviously still they're still trying to see what Ben Johnson can do from the left or from the right. And 
I mean, he's given Crest time, even though after that uh, pretty nice extension from Mazuaku, it's still going to be a question mark as to what is going to happen on that left side. I think that, you know, Mazuaku is going to be that guy. But, yeah, other than that, man, like you said, it was a damn good lineup. And I think that it's going to – you can see how the attacking presence really works, man. It's going to be solid this year, I think. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought up the whole Mazuaku Crestwell thing because Mazuaku was back and playing in this match. Uh, he was with uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo for the African Cup of Nations for a while, but he played in the second half. Um, he didn't really make much of an impact, but he only had 20 minutes, some 20 some odd minutes. So um, that's completely understandable. But he didn't make any mistakes, as far as I'm concerned. I watched the entire match. I didn't. He didn't stand out at all as you know making any defensive errors. So that's cool with me. But I think I'm trying to understand why people think Mazuaku is a bad defender. And I've seen the you know the, the matches where he bites on the first move, gets completely born, blown out of position, and the cross comes in uninhibited, all that stuff. But I think he gets forward so much that opportunities are created behind him. But what Cresswell doesn't do is is he does overlap a bit, but not as much. He doesn't really have as much free reign to run forward. So Cresswell is back to cut off those opportunities, but his passing is deteriorating almost by the day now. And I think he's a fine backup. He can serve a role for you. But, um, yeah, I, I I just I don't see Cresswell doing much for West Ham this season outside of some early cup matches, hopefully. Um, but if he can just limit errors and just put in a – he doesn't have to be a superstar down that side. Mazuaku has the ability to do that, but I don't know. I, I'm happy with him getting the extension to 2024. We're going to need more than one player at that position. Ben Johnson will likely back up Ryan Fredericks next season with Zabaleta gone. So that's your right side sorted. Uh, your left side, Mazuaku, and maybe move on from Crestwell. You never know, right? Yeah, you don't know. And like both me and you wrote on Green Street Hammers, uh, the website and the pod, or the uh, the blog and everything, I think that you're right. He's not the Cresswell of like the 15-16 season. We're not going to get that back, I don't think. Um, a lot of it had to do with injuries. A lot of it had to do with, you know, he's just sometimes you go through a streak of really good play and then you lose it and you kind of get back down to earth. And I think that was part of it. But, yeah, I don't see Mazowaku as a terrible defender. You know, Cresswell might be a better defender, but Mazowaku does get up there and attack a lot better. And I think that's what gets him out of position or allows the defense to kind of or the other, you know, the opposition to get a different attack on it. But, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put down that he's a terrible defender. I'm definitely um, back on board, if you will. Yeah, and, and, and Mazuaku ended the season really well, so we can't look past mm-hmm. that. But anyways, uh, let's get back into this match. Uh, we have a, an early goal against on kind of a scrappy play, but West Ham don't waste much time. Uh, seven minutes later, Fornals gets his first in a West Ham uniform. It was a beautiful play. It was sort of um, some some good holdup from Sebastian Haller. Him and Fornells push the defenders right back. The pass came across the top of the box. Fornells takes the touch and then bangs it into the top left side of the net. Um, th- this just looked exactly like what we're all expecting to yeah. see, right? Dude, he looked calm, too. When Fornells, when he, Fornells got the ball, he looked calm. He had the defender right in front of him. He just kind of played right off to his left foot, and he took it home like there wasn't anything to it. It was uh, a beautiful setup, too, like you said, from Holler. And, uh, yeah, that's exactly what we were hoping to see. And it looked it looked good too. I mean, I think that, like you said or, or somebody else said, man, get look look forward to seeing this, you know, all season because hopefully, it's barring injuries and all that other crap, hopefully this, this will be you know something of many 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 things to come. 
And I also love his mentality of shoot first. Like, he didn't hesitate. He didn't look for a pass. Mm. He was just like, let me bury that there. So that was a great finish from him. Great hold-up play from Holler, as we were saying. Um, but a mere 10 minutes later, uh, Selkie gets on the board for Hertha Berlin. And uh, it, it was kind of, again, some scrappy play. Uh, West Ham sort of broke down a little bit here. But, again, um, there, there's not – I want to say there's – more than we can read into this. West Ham's not going to score five goals against every team, but they're also not going to allow three goals against in every game. So they are going to be more of a run-and-gun style, and we have to take the goals against with that style of play. Hopefully the the, um, high line with VAR can can come in to help West Ham a little bit this season. And again, not changing out any players from that back four having them a year settled into playing a high line, introducing VAR now, it's kind of like a solid plan to, to catch teams offside and, and defend yourself by using basically the rules. So I'm, I'm, I'm all on board with that. Um, but let's, whatever, let's get past their goal and jump back into a beautiful goal from Lanzini. This was the last of the first half. Uh, Sebastian Holler with another assist and Lanzini with a beautiful finish. Yeah, dude, Holler comes in the clutch again, and he's looking really good. You know, only really getting out two matches so far. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but he definitely looks all of the signing that we thought he was going to be. So hopefully it stays that way. But, yeah, like you said, a beautiful pass out to Lanzini, and Lanzini took it home, man. I think hopefully this is the Lanzini of old that we've had, you know, before pre-injury and all of that whenever he got the call up to the Argentina squad. So I think that once again, man, this midfield and, and the combo with Holler up front, it's looking really, really solid. I'm really excited. And I love Holler taking the ball, putting his back to the defenders, and then inviting the midfield to like basically run by him. And yeah. with the amount of assists he had last season, I think maybe it may have been 11, um, he's clearly able to set up these plays uh, and you know chip in, not just finishing goals. And he's not just a target man either. His height makes it seem like that, but he's great with his feet. And, yeah, he did the exact same thing. He put his back to the defender, invited Lanzini to overlap with him, found that space. Lanzini took an awesome setup touch, and then what a rocket into the bottom corner. Uh, and that's all we would see in the end of the first half. West Ham were holding possession pretty well. Uh, Hertha were sort of counterattacking a little bit, but but also West Ham were then turning counterattacks in from theirs. And we go into the second half, no changes, which was kind of cool to see a longer run out for these first team players. And eventually a couple changes came. Uh, but first we would see a goal in the 61st minute. Uh, again, a counterattack from Hertha. They come down the middle of the pitch. Uh, Roberto comes out as Johnson and Diop are sort of pinching the player. And he makes an unbelievable save. Uh, the ball was labeled for the top of the net, close range, and, and he... Uh, close range to the keeper anyways he stuck a hand out and saved it but there was just an unmarked defender or sorry, an unmarked attacker uh, who was on side slotted the ball home uh, again breakdown defensively from a counter-attack but i think you and i both agree uh pellegrini is going to focus a lot more on the three goals against than he will on the five goals for and these issues will hopefully get sorted in the next week and heading into the season yeah i think too i mean with the style of play that you've kind of seen more attacking and counter-attacking that's that obviously leaves the you know defense more vulnerable, and we saw that. And and on that play there, I mean, like you said, a beautiful save, rebound went right to was it Kopke again? Was it was he scored twice, right? Kopke for or, a second, yeah. Sixty first minute yeah. was this one. And both goals, man, he was just in the right place at the right time, which is what you want from a player. But you know, there was no harm or foul from that. So I mean, once again, you're gonna if seeing them on the attack, like you said, that excites me. You know, and I think Pellegrini is going to focus on 
getting the defense back in line, you know, getting your first team goalkeeper in there. But yeah, nothing against Roberto on that. It'll, it'll just be exciting to see what him and him and Martin can do if they are allowed a competition for who's number two. Completely agree. And we'll jump to what would be uh, Holler's first goal for West Ham. Uh, a, a free kick that was set up pretty, pretty long range. Uh, Cresswell walked away from Snodgrass, who was setting it up, who was looking for, I don't know, maybe someone to roll the ball to, to hold it to, like him and him and Felipe Anderson do. But mm-hmm. Snodgrass sent it completely long. The entire team and opposition was in the middle of the box. Sebastian Holler was by himself at the back post. He just cushioned this ball right across the net. The defender almost actually got a flailing touch on it, but it just went across the front of the net and to the back post. Uh, what did you see on that goal? What do you like about it? Yeah, I was kind of – it kind of cracked me up seeing the ball go across the everybody. I wasn't even paying attention to Holler on the other side, on the far side, and, and I just thought that, you know, Snodgrass had overkicked it. And so I'm kind of laughing a little bit to myself, and then all of a sudden there he is. And, yeah, he just put it away, he put it in. That's what you want from him. Close range, just put it in. Don't do anything fancy to it. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see that. It's good to see that our, you know, our set pieces are, are still looking pretty well. I thought that's something we did well last season, and it's good to see that it's still going over to this one. And it's also nice to see that off the bench, we have the option of Snodgrass, who can come in and make those deliveries, mm-hmm. and, and you have Lanzini for now, Felipe Anderson, all options with that first team that was rolled out. Uh, we'll roll ahead. Uh, 78 minutes and this is not a mistake a beautiful pass from Carlos Sanchez in the final third of the pitch sends Diangana in between two defenders and he this was my favorite finish of the game he made no mistake and froze the keeper and put it uh, sort of near post I think the keeper was thinking he was going across the net logic would dictate that he would go across the net and he put it near post and didn't even get a movement out of the keeper it was lovely and it, he just missed a, a shot uh, on that prior to that the ball whizzed right by him on a low corner or sorry a low cross and he was beating himself up about it and he got his goal here i think dean Gano will stick around the first team uh, i really want him to but uh if he has to go to make room for a striker i also understand that in order for uh antonio to play on the right side but he looks like a, he looks like a player he has really good movement i really am excited by him i know a lot of people sort of don't buy into the hype on him um it was started in that Macclesfield game last season, but he he moves like a Premier League player. He just needs a little bit of help with his final sort of movements and, and his finishing. But outside of that, I think we have a real player here. Yeah, he's definitely a flash in the pan type of guy. And, you know, he's not always on, but the dude's, what is he, 19? Like 19, 20, he's young. And it's going to be his like first full season, basically, if he does stay up and doesn't go out on loan or somewhere like that. But yeah, I really do like him too. I think that he's got a lot of potential, man, and he's quick. He's got a lot of pace, and he's got some skill to him. But you're right. I think uh, three things out of that play was, one, you're right, it wasn't a mistake. That was Carlos Sanchez with a beautiful pass. Two, the cornrows, kind of digging the cornrows. I kind of yeah, go with that. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I like that. And, and yeah, man, the guy just put it away. I think that he did once again. This is, what, the third time I've said this, but you know, the player just did what they needed to do to get it in. Nothing flashy. Nothing exciting. Just put it in the right place and you know send it home. And to round out the match, we have a Mikel Antonio uh, shot. I guess uh, this one wasn't <laughs> into the stratosphere. It was a pretty solid strike, actually. Crossed the box, far side of the net. Keeper barely moved again, and uh, it was sort of a, a play out of nothing. He just lined it up, booted it in. There's your fifth. West Ham put the match to bed and take the the final score five to three. 
Antonio played well in this one. He came on with Chicharito, and I didn't hear Chicharito's name said once, and I heard Antonio's name said a thousand times. He was mm-hmm. winning fouls. He won the foul that eventually turned into Holler's goal as well. He was an early sub on, uh, but he was making runs. Uh, he was kind of drifting to the back post a lot on corners that were kind of pulling people to the near post. I thought his movement was good. Uh, again, he's he's been saying he's working on his finishing and showed it off here. So uh, I'm happy that we have him sticking around, and and I'm I'm hopeful that he can sort of find a role as a late game sort of bit of energy that comes into the match and, and runs over and steamrolls some people. And I think he could actually etch out, you know, six to ten goals a season doing that, if not more. So um, strong finish from him. Any thoughts on, on Antonio and his application this season? <laughs> yeah, I think if he keeps anything going the way that he finished last season, we, you know, we're going to be in luck. I don't think he's going to – you're going to see a lot of starts from him. Definitely in the Cups. But, yeah, he's going to come on a lot second half. Uh, if there's injuries or anything like that, you're going to see a lot more of him. But solid player, and I'm glad he's staying around. Still, this physicality is crazy. That goal, I mean, it was kind of – to me, it looked like it was going to be a lost goal, like a lost play, and then he just kind of came out of nowhere and booted it in. And you're right, it didn't go all the way up to row Z or anything crazy like that. But, yeah, I'm glad he's staying around too. I think that he's going to be a good addition to have for the squad, and whether he's starting or whether he's on the bench. <clears throat> Excuse me, bench. Get all emotional about it. <laughs> I uh, did, man. Well, it's here. Yeah. <laughs> up next is Athletic Bilbao. Uh, West Ham will host this match um, on Saturday the 8th – sorry, the 3rd just at the end of this week, uh, 10 a.m. for us in Eastern Standard Time. For you, I suppose it'll be 11 a.m.? What time is it, Eastern Time? 10 a.m.? 10 a.m., so it'll be 8 out oh, here. Eight. Yeah. I always do that backwards. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it'll, it'll, it's on Saturday. Uh, West Ham playing and hosting Athletic Bilbao at the London Stadium ahead of their game a week after that, uh, which is... Uh, hosting man city i believe so we will uh we'll sort of jump ahead here and sort of jump back i suppose and have a quick talk about um the fulham match i was really 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 disappointed that the first games we see pablo fornals and sebastian holler play uh we actually don't get to see them because west ham decided to not stream this match completely rookie mistake i remember watching last season um Premier League two match between Leicester and Southampton's academies. Just it was I was at work I think and it was just on, so I was watching some football and it went without a hitch. I was in Canada watching the feed, not region locked or country locked. They had nothing for this one. Apparently it was Fulham who didn't want it, didn't want it broadcast or whatnot. But you can basically pull out what was it forty five hundred fans, all of their money. Um, take the game away from Fulham if they don't want to play it. West Ham can find other other teams to play against. Fulham are a championship side. Um, it's a massive league. West Ham can find other teams that, that want to do that, but West Ham are trying to grow their brand globally, and this was a complete misstep on this one. Uh, I really I really was disappointed in it, and I think a lot of people were as well. Fans were periscoping the match. Um, we didn't even get to see that Lanzini wonder goal live. It dipped right over the keeper and off the crossbar and in. Um, what are your general thoughts on the practice of it and, and where West Ham's at technologically, I suppose? Dude, it's a it's a joke, man. I, I think it's honestly a joke. they got to get that fixed, figure out a way to do it. And like you said, man, if Fulham doesn't want to show it, then go find somewhere somebody else would want to play. I mean, there's hundreds of teams out there that would have wanted to play West Ham in a preseason friendly for them to get a run out to see if they could, you know, take down a top, you know, top-tiered English team. But, yeah, I thought it was funny, too, that, you know, every time something happened, 
the the club's official Twitter would tweet something out, and they were just getting just harassed left and right from like, I wish we could see it, and uh, thanks for the stream, and you know things like that. So I, I think it's I think it's hilarious. It's still a joke. Maybe not as bad as it has been in the past. It's gotten a lot better, and you know I think that the state of it will go forward. Uh, hopefully, as long as the ownership and back office kind of see these things and actually do care about it. But yeah, it was funny. I mean, kind of watching the Periscope. I watched most of. I guess maybe 20, 30 minutes of the first half on a Periscope from Gonzo until uh, him and John got told to take it down. And actually, John got escorted out of the of the match. So that was kind of interesting, too. But, uh, yeah, all in all, man, it was, uh, it was an interesting Saturday morning for sure. I don't even want to dwell on it that much, and there's not much we can really dwell on mm-hmm. with it. Um, as far as West Ham's concerned, the next big thing up is, again, that Athletic Bilbao match. Uh, to, to sort of round out the preseason. Hopefully we see another couple, couple signings. I would love to see uh, West Ham send out the likes of Joe Powell on loan, get some of those youngsters out the window. I know loans can go beyond the the transfer deadline date, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, so we could see that those filter through. But I would love to see someone come in at striker, even if it is uh, someone on a free like uh, Danny Welbeck, even though his asking price is ridiculous. Daniel mm-hmm. Sturridge. Lorente even. I know Scott Johnson had written about uh, why it would be a good thing to sign him. I agree. I I think anyone at this point in time where you can sort of bolster your ranks, if he never touches the pitch, he never touches the pitch. But um, Chicharito hasn't done much in the preseason, which I guess is to be expected. Sebastian Haller will will soak up the lion's share of minutes. Antonio is useful across the whole front line, but there should be someone there to push for for minutes and, and try to light that fire underneath the players, keep everyone motivated. And I think Lorente could do that as well. Um, what's your What's your wish for if we had to bring in one player to end at the window? What position do you want that to be? I guess I got to be kind of typical and say forward. I think that uh, you know, there's the three options that you gave. Lorente would be a solid one. You know, like Scott, like Scott's wrote about before in the past, and he's he's a more fit Andy Carroll type of player. You know, but once like you said, if he doesn't see the pitch. Who cares? He didn't see the pitch that much for Spurs, and when he did, he came in in the clutch and did pretty well, especially in the Champions League. He looked pretty solid in a couple of different matches. But I think all in all, if we have to go with Ford, I'd want to see that just to get somebody else in there because as much as I love Chicharito, the up and down, and you never really know what you're going to get. It seems like Fernal, or sorry, it seems like Holler is going to be kind of the legit deal, hopefully so far. And and by the way, he looks strong today too. Not only was he passing well and just attacking well but the dude's got some physicality to him that i wasn't i didn't really know that he had i guess but um yeah i think somebody afford i don't really know who though i'm just kind of kind of leave it up and trust in pellegrini and husilios to do the right thing like they have so far but i i don't think really any other any other positions we really need i don't know what do you think i i'm ideally i would move chicharito to like to turkey or wherever that <laughs> likes to spend on those players come to Fenerbahce, come to Besiktas, as, as all the Instagram comments say. But I think there's been some genuine interest from from there. So cash in a little bit on him. If you can get $10 million for him at the end of the window, even if you want to reinvest that in a young player like uh, the two players we, we were linked to, I can't even remember their names, but uh, a young uh, Swiss League striker and a young uh, Danish League striker, uh, sorry, not Danish League, uh, Dutch League striker, players that are going to not be flashes in the pan. If you have to, pick up someone on a free like we had mentioned before, but Chicharito out, someone young in, uh, and just set the team up for a little bit further down the road. But 
we'll see how this all sort of uh, how the chips fall. We know as of last season, Pellegrini likes a transfer deadline deal with Carlos Sanchez and Lucas Perez coming in. Perez was not also a bad pickup for West Ham. I don't care what people say. He had a solid <laughs> goals to game ratio when he played. He scored a. It was people will say, oh yeah, he scored a double against Cardiff, but. We needed those two goals to win that match, so he he still did it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, and Arnautovic wasn't even able to play that match. Chicharito didn't get the two goals, and he was playing alongside him. So, what does that sort of tell you about this team? Um, I think we do need some forward depth, like you said, but we'll kind of we can leave it at that if you'd like, and, and we can jump ahead into what's becoming a reoccurring. Uh, segment on the show and that is our hammers pulls questions sort of rapid fire through them um again we are officially partnered up with them uh sex drugs and carlton cole just jumped on board i believe today um so uh just as a, a little shout out here if you go to hammers pulls at hammers pulls on twitter or hammers uh you will see uh i believe it's their pinned tweet right now it's the top tweet on their page uh, follow us to help get our target of 4,000 followers and you'll be in prime position for a chance of winning some great prizes from Sex, Drugs, and Carlton Cole when our new game launches on Saturday. Uh, again, we're listed as uh, partners with them there and we, we absolutely are. So go ahead, follow them there and, and hopefully, I, I have no idea what this game is going to be, but I'm excited to figure it out and I love I the, know, yeah. the gear from Sex, Drugs, and Carlton Cole too. So I'm going to be entering in that myself. Um, but let's jump into the first question here and i'm going to just list the players and you tell me uh your answer yes or no to this is this the starting lineup um the team you'd pick against city fabianski johnson diop balbuena cresswell rice anderson wilshire lanzini fornells and holler it is except for uh i would take put replace cresswell with nazawaku and put fredericks with johnson other than that yes I completely agree. This is sort of based around the lineup for the game today. So um, that kind of makes sense, I suppose. But I'm with you there. Swap out the fullbacks and, and you have a solid lineup there. And I also think um, Pellegrini's in love with his options in the midfield. And instead of picking, he's just going to use wide players to attack tired defenses. And in the meantime, fill up the midfield with attacking players. Anderson was left side, right side all over the pitch today. So I, I love that. Um Daily polls, West Ham polls, uh, was retweeted by Hammers Polls uh, and asks us, how many more players will we sign? Zero, one, two, or three or more. What do you think? Man, I think if anything, one. I'd be shocked to see two. That would probably mean somebody has to go. So I would think one, probably close to uh, maybe the end of next week. Yeah, I I think one as well. And the narrow win over two players is one with 41 to 40%. um, only 2% of people think that we'll get three or more players, which is pretty crazy, I do believe. Um, we'll jump on to the next one. Uh, the FA have confirmed that sin bins will be introduced across all levels of grassroots football in the 2019-2020 season. Will you be in favor of this in the Premier League? Do you know what the sin bins are or, or how they're going to be used? I can't even act like I know what we're talking about, so hopefully you got something for me. Are you a hockey guy? Yeah. Oh, is that what we're going with? Is that what we're going with? Okay. So I, I'm going to pull up something here. It's from, we'll go with Sky Sports News uh, and pull up their articles so we can sort of try to explain this as well. 
Um, so Sinbin's coming to grassroots football this season. The 10-minute dismissals will apply across dozens of leagues, including youth veterans and dis- disability competitors. Rugby-style Sinbin's are re- introduced at all levels of grassroots football. The FAA has announced 10-minute long dismissals will apply across dozens of leagues, blah, 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 blah. Over the past two years, the system's been on trial in 31 leagues with 21 of them. Uh, having said, this seen overall reduction of dissent as a result. Um, Sinbin's will not replace standard yellow and red cards with cautions. Um, to continue to be issued for unsporting behavior and foul play. Yellow cards will also be used to indicate a sin bin, but it will be complemented by the referee clearly pointing uh, with both arms to the sidelines. Players who are placed in the sin bin will not be allowed to be involved in the match at all for 10 minutes, including being substituted off for a teammate on the bench. Being sent to the sin bin for a second time during a match will mean the player is not allowed to return to the field, but they will be able to be replaced by a substitute after 10 minutes. Okay, so basically, it's for attacks on referees and dissent. Uh, it's a 10-minute waiting period. Uh, your team is basically down to 10 men for 10 minutes. If it happens again, you can't return, but you can be subbed. Any subs have to wait the 10 minutes until they are done. Are you on board for this in the Premier League, yes or no? <laughs> I'm going to go with no, man. I think that's too too much complication and it it adds a whole different thing i think it's cool for something like hockey and i, I totally get what you're saying now so sorry i was falling asleep on the whole sinbin thing but uh yeah i think that man leave it to hockey and, and leave it to you know i guess they do it in rugby too but i'm not a fan i don't know what about you i i'm not either i understand you kind of have to protect people and whatnot but you have everything mic'd up now you have a million mm-hmm. cameras you can retroactively punish people for that um and whether it's sort of like a yellow card ban, if you abuse an abuse abuse an official a certain amount of times, you get a one match ban, even if it uh-huh. didn't result in a yellow card and can be deemed retroactively. So, I'd be okay with them using their technology for that. But let's not alter the game. Uh, I can see in grassroots football, it sort of it makes sense because you deter people from doing those behaviors from a young age. So that mm-hmm. makes sense. You sort of are grooming them for being more professional. But I'm with you. I don't see it happening in the prem. Uh, on to the next one. Pretty simple. Would you have Sofiane Faguli back at the club? Yes or no? Hmm. That's tough. Let me think about that for a second. What was the uh, What was the results for that last one? Uh, no was a, a win at 59%. Yeah, that's what I figured. Uh, Faguli, man, I liked Faguli. I think he kind of got a bad break and maybe not didn't get the uh, just the right type, type of coaching. He's a solid player, and if you – I don't know if you if you follow you know kind of players once they leave the club still on Instagram or Twitter, but he's still kind of lighting it up. I think he's a Galatasaray. Yeah, saying that right. But I'm with you there. I, mean, I follow him too. Yeah, he he's still lighting it up, and he's he's looked good for his uh, a national team. I think they won the Africa Cup of Nations. Algeria, uh, yeah. Algeria did. So, yeah, man, I would take him back. I don't really know. He would kind of be in a a squad role somewhere. He definitely wouldn't start, but yeah, why not take him back? Yeah, you take him back, you move Antonio to striker, you let Diangana go on loan, you have Yarmolenko and him on the right side. I love it. But I'm with Perfect. you there too. I said yes. The result was yes, 46, no, 54. So close, <laughs> but uh, no, no. Um, this one's actually interesting, this next question. question: Which position would we uh, will we get our major first major injury in? Goalkeeper, defensive, midfield, <laughs> midfielder, striker. Uh, who do you think? It's too easy to say goalkeeper now, but uh, I think uh, just with the amount of people that are in the midfield and just with injuries that have been there, I think uh, probably midfield something's going to go on. Hopefully, to nothing, you know, no big extent, and, and hopefully it's not Wilshire again. But 
Yeah, I'll go. I'll go with midfield. Yeah, you have to handicap those odds when Will shoots in the midfield. I know, man. <laughs> Midfield's a resounding win with fifty-two percent. I had picked striker on this one because it would be so typical for West Ham to spend forty million pounds on a marquee striker and him get majorly injured. But again, we will knock on wood and we will not wish that into the universe. Um, <laughs> if nothing changes as of right now, would you consider this a good transfer window? Yes or no? What do you think? Yeah. I th- I think it's a solid transfer window. I think um, it got at least two of those players were needed, Fornals and Holler. Both of them are needed. Both of them are already showing that they were exactly who, you know, Pellegrini and company thought they were going to be. You know, Roberto and the whole Martin deal that was needed because Adrian left. So I think yeah, it's successful. Maybe it's it's definitely not as many. You know, it's not as flashy as last season when we went crazy and went over a hundred million and all that. But yeah, I still find it very successful. Yeah, I think West Ham's at like seventy million, which is solid business, and it was it was spent on a lot of big name players while moving out other players like Arnautovic. So, I think it's a it's a big success. And seeing how Lanzini's playing with Fornells and Wilshire instead of you know picking one or two out of the uh, out of the group is awesome. So I think it's a big success. Um, and we'll finish on this one uh, a little prediction before the season starts. Question from at Heisman Paul. Who is going to be our top goal scorer this season? Holler, Hernandez, Anderson, or another person? Uh, I will say Holler. I think he's the perfect type of striker for the Premier League. He gives us uh, target man qualities while also being great on his feet. He'll chip in assists. Uh, he'll play with that packed midfield really well. I think it's going to be Holler. What do you think? So you said Holler, Anderson, Fornals, and somebody else? Uh, Holler, Anderson, right? Chicharito, or other. Oh, all right. I'm going to go with other. I'm going to go with Fornals. I think he will. Um, I thought about, obviously, I'm going to go with Holler, but I'm not going to agree with you on at least one thing in this podcast. And uh, <laughs> so I'm going to go I'm going to go with, with uh, Fornals, man, because I think Anderson, you see him playing back. He was all over the place today. He was playing back deep. He was out left, out right, out front, which is perfect for him. I think you're going to see him more of a setup type of role this year, setting somebody up. And, and Fornals is so far, it looks like he can get in the right place at the right time. So I think at the end of the season, it's going to be him. And with that, we will close out this episode. We will hopefully be back on a week-to-week basis uh, moving forward. Um, we say goodbye to Pedro Obiang, who clearly loved his time at West Ham. Um, I'm sure we'll miss him. Uh, we'll miss that thunderous uh, shot he had against Tottenham, and hopefully we can replace that. But uh, I know from all of us, we wish him all the best in Italy and uh, potentially one day see him back uh chatting with the club or or working with some young midfielders. But uh, as that stands, Jeremiah, for yourself, for myself, and for all of us at Green Street Hammers, thanks for listening. Go West Ham. Let's uh, let's see them pick up a win against Balbao. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Come on, you Irons. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.